So you want to watch a movie, but you don't know which. Choosing the one can be a bitch. But Jared and Drew have perfected the art. So sit back, relax, and trust the dark. It's dark for movie night. What's going on, everyone? I'm Drew. And I'm Jared. And welcome to Dartboard Movie Night, the podcast where we put 20 movies on a board, throw a dart at it, and let the fates decide. This week, we're talking about one of the greatest action stars of all time and a personal favorite of mine and Jared's. We're talking Operation Condor, or is it Armor of God 2, Jared? Hard to, hard to tell, man. Hard to tell. Hard telling, not the, knowing. Hard telling, not knowing, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't even know this was a sequel, which I'm sure we'll get into, but excited to talk about a Jackie Chan movie, dude. Like... All-time action star for me. Yeah, for me as well. It's, uh, he's, he's, I, you know, I was the perfect age for when he started breaking out in North America to just, mm-hmm. like, fall in love. And and I think, you know, Jack, and we'll, we'll get deeper into this as we talk about Jackie Chan specifically, but I think he's a perfect action star for young kids because mm-hmm. with just his humor and the slapsticky nature of what of how he does his scenes um yeah it, it was it was perfect a perfect storm for us to fall in love for sure dude and he's just like he's just special he's just a special type of movie star he's really important to me and yeah we've we've talked about him here and there but we've never done a movie on one of his movies on our show yet so i'm excited i am as well but uh, shall we do a quick board review before we jump into things? Absolutely. At number one, we've got You Can Count On Me. Number two, Akiru. Number three, Reflections of Evil. Number four, Rio Bravo. Number five, tonight's episode, Operation Condor. Number six, Anomalisa. Number seven, Amadeus. Number eight, Election. Number nine, Get Carter. Number 10, The Limey. Number 11, Coraline. Number 12, Big Night. Number 13, Night Moves. Number 14, The Karate Kid. Number 15, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Number 16, Secrets and Lies. Number 17, Titan. Number 18, Snatch. Number 19, Strange Days. And number 20, The Terminator. I totally forgot how we flubbed it where we put Big Night <laughs> in the list. It's so funny. Yeah, it's, Big Night, Night Moves. It's oh, very man. fun uh, to, yeah. to have to say that. I, I froze for a second when I got to it because I was like, fuck, this is coming. I don't blame you. It's like, oh, this is just awful, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who made this board? I will say we over the course of uh, you know the last year or so, we've gotten the the majority of the board to one or two word titles which is kind of nice mm-hmm. it, it definitely yeah. is less of a, a, a mouthful for me when right I'm doing these. so there's no like the ballad of cable hogue or like super long names like we had in the last batch correct but anyway this is a jared choice jared how did operation condor get on the board i mean i love jackie chan i particularly love movies that he made in like the 87 to 95 range. For me, that's kind of the sweet spot. And it's all great. Before that is great, not necessarily my cup of tea, like when it was like super old school kung fu style. And I would say up through like Shanghai Nights, I've loved like everything he does. I just think he's he's just truly like a international like human icon he's so great and he has made my life so much better by just like doing his thing but there are still a bunch of movies in this sort of sweet spot zone like i'd say the first half of the 90s that i haven't seen so 
I can't remember how it came about to putting it on the board, but we were talking about it. It's like, we got to get a Jackie Chan up there. I need to. And so I looked through kind of movies that came out around that time and ones I hadn't seen. And this was one. At the time, I thought it was just Operation Condor, but it does turn out that this is a sequel. I didn't know that uh, up until we, we picked it this week. Mm-hmm. But it's technically the second movie in like the Armor of God franchise, like you mentioned in the intro. So it's technically Armor of God, too. And I, I'm curious to go back and see the first one now. I don't know when that will be, whether it'll be on the board or someday or my own time. But um, yeah, it was just like, I love Jackie Chan around this time. Let's put one on. And I found out that you hadn't seen it either. So that was really kind of the big spur. Let's get a, let's get a Jackie Chan on the board and let's, let's just talk about him. Talk about it. I love it. I mean, that's as good a reason as any. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about Jackie Chan. I think we're in for quite a top brute section this week. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I have less nominees than I thought I would. We'll, we'll get to that section, but I thought I was going to have a long, long, long list, and I've got I've got a couple that I'm very confident in, but then yeah. others I'm excited to see what you bring to the table. Okay. Well, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with Jackie Chan, though. Um, obviously, we've, we've talked a lot so far about how much we love him, but I want you to kind of give me a rundown of like some of your favorites of his. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what are man. the the Jackie Chan moments that stick out in your brain? Dude, I am so happy to, to have this conversation with you, man. I'm so glad we're getting to it. Um, just to kind of give the more of the Jackie Chan story, I got introduced to Jackie Chan by my friend Grant. Great, great childhood friend of mine. And he had older brothers and he brought me into the Jackie Chan thing. I want to say this was... Kind of right before Rush Hour hit, or maybe around the time. That's really when he was exploding. I mean, that's when that's like, when Max was starting to to import mm-hmm. all of his stuff. And I mean, that's when yeah. this movie, Operation Condor, got a release finally. Ninety seven, I believe, was when it came out in the U.S. I want to say it was Rush Hour that made him like a household name in the states. Like people, people who were into that type of movie definitely knew who he was. But like in terms of like him being just instantly recognizable. For sure. So it was either right before that or around that time. And my friend Grant had all this backlog of like older Jackie Chan movies that he loved. So he introduced me to, I'll just rattle off a few of my favorites from around this time. Rumble in the Bronx, mm-hmm. which has one of the most hilariously not New York shots I've ever seen. But it's just you just love it. You it's the funny thing about these movies. They can be flawed, but they're just so much fun that you just can't poke too fiercely at it, you know? Sure. So yeah, Rum, Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan's first strike. I loved that movie. First strike's um, a good one. Technically, Mr. that's police story four. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um <clears throat> Mr. Nice Guy, I really dug. And then the apex for me is Legend of the Drunken Master. That is maybe my favorite action movie ever made. It definitely has, it has like three of my favorite fight scenes ever. The only flaw I have with that movie or I see in that movie is it kind of sags for the first like 35, 40 minutes. It takes oh, a while to get I where it's going. completely. Really? You think I, so? I think it, it is great from beginning to end. I mean, obviously, like, it does spend a lot of time uh, with kind of just the, the characters talking and stuff in that early part. So I, I get what you're saying. Um, but it didn't bother me because I feel like yeah. you get that in every Jackie Chan movie. Like, he you he knows that you can't just do, like, well, I guess 
George Miller disproved this with uh, Mad Max Fury Road, but you can't do like just action from beginning to end nonstop. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I had similar exposure uh, to him as you, but I had it at a, at a much later age. Mm. Um, I've always been a fan of what Jackie Chan did stateside, you know, with the Rush Hour movies. I was a huge fan of Rush Hour 1 and 2 growing up, um, you know. Brett Ratner uh, can go fuck himself, but uh, those movies are a lot of fun, and I, I still watch them every now and then, just because like they they're just near and dear to my heart from my childhood. Um, but I hadn't dug into his Hong Kong output until fairly recently, like like more adult age. Like I, I definitely watched a couple in in college and maybe a couple um, throughout my twenties, but like I've watched a lot in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally with you. Legend of Drunken Master is a masterpiece. That movie is super incredible. And that is also a sequel, which we should probably just talk about, like the naming structure of uh, his movies in general. Because it's it's very brutal. (laughs) The way that they've done the importing is so stupid because it's fucked with everyone's understanding of what these movies are (laughs) called. So you've got stuff like Legend of Drunken Master is what North America released drunken master two as the mm-hmm. original drunken master was made in 1978 um and was directed by yen Wu ping who's another guy we've actually talked about on the show a little bit we've got that example this example of operation condor like in in hong kong it it was armor of god two uh, colon operation condor the the police story is probably the most egregious which i just mentioned first strike is technically police story four uh, Police Story 3 was released in the U.S. as Super Cop, uh, mm. which is him and Michelle Yeoh, which is amazing if you've never seen that. But that's actually Police Story 3. And then Police Story 1 and 2 are, are just, you know, what they are. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's just it, it's so stupid and it makes it so confusing to track down which one you want to watch. To the point that you were concerned when we jumped on that we watched the <laughs> yeah. wrong movie. Yeah, because I went into I went into Videodrome, the movie rental place near my house. And I went to the Jackie Chan section and I was just scouring looking for Operation Condor. And I was like, I'm not seeing it. And then I got a closer look and I saw Armor of God 2, Operation Condor. And I was like, oh shit. And I got a little panic of like, are we going to watch the same one? So I get back to the house and I put this DVD in. It's a terrible DVD. It's like not the correct oh, You should have watched it on Canopy, man. Canopy, it was great. Well. Well, okay. Well, I'm excited to hear you say that you watched on Canopy because I have a different experience. I started it on DVD. It was subtitled, but not Jackie Chan's voice, which was really bizarre. And the aspect radio ratio was trash. So as I was concerned to make sure I was like watching the same version that you were, I went to Roku. I switched over to Roku and just searched Operation Condor. And what came up on Pluto TV, free to stream, was Operation Condor. So I was like, let me check this version out. So I jumped over, but I had watched about 20 minutes on the DVD version. And there's a totally, a very different intro on the Pluto streaming version, or I should say, very different title sequence. Oh. And so there are, and there are scenes cut that were not, that were not included well, in the Pluto version and stuff. So there are different versions floating out there, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, are they different edits in any way? Did you notice mm-hmm. any like, like, yeah, really entire, entire scenes were missing from the Pluto 
version. Well, I wonder that which were on one the I DVD. watched then. Yeah. Did your opening sequence look like a bad episode of Beast Wars? With yeah, like, with like uh, the cardboard cheesy like helmet things, the white painted yeah. people. And well, no, no, that was yeah. Sorry, uh, the title sequence was it like? Did it just look like shit? Like animation with like low grade things flashing by, or was it Jackie Chan on his truck in the middle of a lake fishing? Uh, definitely was not that. It so, was the see, former. So yeah, the 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 shitty one is the uh, kind of American version. Right, that's the the Miramax yeah. released version. Yeah, the Miramax released version that was on Pluto TV, and it sounds like is what you had on Canopy too. The like Hong Kong DVD version has this different title sequence where it's like him in the middle of like it looks like Crater Lake. I'm oh, guessing wow. they have something like similar like that, but his car is sub- is submerged in the lake. It's like a truck boat. You know, that like kind of hip Jeep that he's in and he's just fishing from it. And then he gets the call to show up to the dude's place to kind of get the brief on the mission. And so it's a it's a way better title sequence. They don't have the entire like Indiana Jones inspired sequence. No, they do. They still have that. But after that, and he's like, oh, Oh. that's for nothing. It cuts to him fishing. And then it gets these kind of like Chinese characters, like far away helicopter shot of him in the lake and the name of the film. In, in Chinese characters and stuff with the subtitles. And then um, when he gets there, there's this whole scene. Do you remember, we're jumping ahead a little, but the Japanese woman who has the pet scorpion yes. in the desert? Momoko. Yeah, so her and the German girl with the short haircut mm-hmm. show up earlier in the film than they do in the other edit, where like he's showing up to the consulate, and the Japanese woman is Momoko. What was her name? Sorry. I think it's Momoko. Momoko, she's like selling artifacts out in front of the building and she asks if like Jackie can watch it, her stand for him or like her stuff when she goes to pee. So he's like, yeah, I'll watch it for you. And then the German girl comes up and buys something from him. And it's that statue that she references like way later in the movie when they're in the Nazi cave. And she's like, this is that thing I bought, the blah, blah, blah. But the scene had been totally cut. So I'm really glad that I pivoted because I'll tell you. Uh, the the American version does move leaner. It definitely moves <laughs> swifter because it was really getting like I'm like I think I was drinking wine. I'm like, who are all these characters? Like I was pissed about the aspect ratio. I was pissed about. I don't mind subtitles, but it, I want it to be Jackie Chan's voice. And I was just like, no, no. But yeah, that's so weird that it would be different because I mean the the dub uh, for the Miramax release is just Jackie Chan doing his own voice mm-hmm. in English. Yeah, which which is like. That's kind of what I grew up on. That's what I'm used to. That's comfort food to me. Right. And um, but anyway, so as you were just talking about the different versions of Police Story and how one is like Police Story Four versus Jackie Chan's First Strike, it just makes me wonder if there's like another version of First Strike that has added scenes that maybe makes it tether more closely to the other Police Story movies. I don't know. It, it, don't it's a rabbit so. hole of madness. I Who mean, like, it? look. At the end of the day, in most of these movies, Jackie Chan is playing Jackie Chan to the extent that most of the characters' names are just Jackie. (laughs) Like, so I don't think you need to read into it that far. Um, Yeah. Dude, if you you pull up his character on like IMDb in this movie, his, his character's name is Asian Hawk. They never then, call him that in the movie. No, but never once. They just call him Jackie. And it, it's just. Or I've, to, I heard to him calling Condor a couple of times. 
Yeah, and but then it's just like, but yeah, no, it's like, what is what is going on? But yeah, he's just Jackie, so it doesn't really it doesn't really matter. No, like who? who you could make the fuck? argument that every Jackie Chan movie is a part of one interconnected universe, or like, yeah, it, it's because he's just doing the same thing. But it's always fun, and it's always like it's more about like the settings that it puts him mm-hmm. in and the situations that he finds himself in Absolutely. as what differentiate the things. So like, who cares at the end of the day? Yeah. 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 But it just was interesting. Uh, but I'm really glad I pivoted to watch the same version that most people are likely going to see. If they check yes. this movie out, it's going to be the, the Miramax release, like you were saying, which is the one I watched in its entirety. Um, and um, another thing I wanted to say just about Jackie Chan in general you asked me a while back. I can't remember if it made it into an episode or not. But for examples of uh, a good day movie, because you had seen one recently that was like a great movie to watch during the day. Mm-hmm. And this week with this movie reminded me that, oh, my answer is Jackie Chan. I didn't think of it. But like I can and I can watch a Jackie Chan movie anytime. But there's something particularly there's something particular about him that like during the day when you're drinking coffee it's this very goofy, funny, lighthearted comedy with amazing action scenes. And it's just it just makes me feel good. It's it yeah. is it just is a mood, instant mood improver. And uh I love him for that, man. Come to think of it, most of the times that I've watched Jackie Chan movies in the past have been just chilling during the day. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah, it's a hundred percent a great not, answer to that. It's not like you're you're tucking in at like 10 at night and like you know it's just something about it's like on in the day it's fine that being said when it comes to operation condor i watched it tuesday night with eric and we were uh we got a little loopy i'll put it that way (laughs) and uh it this movie hit so hard (laughs) for that state of mind at like late at night kind of loopy on a tuesday and oh. uh, we were just we we were get like just giggling like like fucking <laughs> children. It was it was great, dude. I love that. Um, we're getting into overall thoughts, I guess. Here, yeah, let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into it. I was gonna say before we did officially. Did you have anything else you wanted to say about Jackie Chan in general before we go full blown into, uh, you know overall impressions no i mean we we i want to we can run through maybe some of our other favorite jackie chan's yeah. maybe towards the end of the show but uh, let's get into overall thoughts i mean let's let's do i it, just let's do I, I just gave away my overall thoughts which were i had a Fuck blast yeah, yeah. with this movie um oh, it was so much fun and is everything that i look for in a jackie chan movie uh so yeah i had a great time what what did you Fuck think yeah, dude i thought it was fantastic by Jackie Chan standards, I think it was like a B, B plus Jackie Chan movie. Like, I don't think I'm going to put it in the upper, upper tier of, say, a Jackie Chan's first strike for me personally, or say, like, you know, certainly not Legend of the Drunken Master. But it was just, it's just such a blast. It's so much fun. It's so funny. It actually might have some of the best physical gags of any, even though I'm kind mm-hmm. of saying as we're kicking it around, it's more of a B, B plus there are some visual jokes in it that had me fucking rolling, dude, that were so, so damn funny. Definitely. Um, and it kind of points back to something that I mentioned earlier about how, like, the, these movies are just so lovable that they're kind of like, you you can't impeach them. They're like, chicken I guess soup. 
as we've yeah, talked they're, about. They're just so warming for the soul. And it's like, this story is a complete disaster. Who cares? It's like the, the character's name is not what people are calling him. Who cares? Are you laughing? Are you having fun? Is your jaw on the floor? Then that's all that really fucking matters. Like, who cares? And it also leads to some accidentally hilarious moments, too. Like, I mean, there are certainly intentionally funny bits that that hit home huge. But there's also just some terrible dialogue example that'll make you laugh or some ridiculous character introduction. And and the whole thing about especially this time of Jackie Chan, as he got, you know, as he kind of blew up more in the West and we got things like Rush Hour, his movies still have all of this sort of thing, but they're not as willing to be so silly as, you know, in, in like, say, Rush Hour and Shanghai Noon and stuff like that. This was when they still were just doing completely like nonsense, comedic, silly bits. Yeah. And part of it is just so great to see. I it's fucking Buster, loved it. It's Buster Keaton, dude. Mm-hmm. Like it is just it, it's using physical like just being an insane athlete and being able to dis- to display this physical prowess. But at the same time, uh, do a pratfall, you know, mm-hmm. like like he was such an antidote to the self-seriousness of most action at that time. And it makes his movies hold up that much better because they're just, they're just a warm bath. You just like love hanging out with it. Like they're just fun, a fun hang, you know, every, every time you, you watch one of these. um, And yeah, anyone who has never watched a Buster Keaton movie as well should 100% 100% go check it out. They're all public domain, so they're super easy to find on YouTube or, you know, any anything. But um, Buster Keaton had the exact same ability to make you laugh while also making you gasp. Mm. And, yeah, Jackie Chan is, is, is like the next evolution of that. You know, I am one of those people who's never seen a Buster Keaton movie. Oh. Man, you're really like, missing out. Do you have a favorite one? I should just. Kind you of should start with Sherlock out? Jr. Uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Jr. Jr. is is kind of his. That's the one that everyone pretty much tells you to start with. But you might also really dig the General. Um, the General I watched in college, and it just absolutely blew my mind. Um, you know, it's a silent. It, they're they're all silent movies, uh, so you have to be prepared for that. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's like it's pure visual storytelling and some of the stunts that he pulls off you're just like how the fuck did you do that (laughs) yeah it's unbelievable and they did it with no safety precautions back then so it's just that much more insane well and i know that chan i think has been very vocal about oh yeah buster keaton was like a hero of his yeah and like it was exactly kind of what he was going for totally specifically but so he brought that sort of kind of vaudeville silliness and then added, uh, and, and it sounds like Buster Keaton did this too, but Chan also added like ferocity and speed and incredible agility and stunts. And it just, and it's such a, an amazing gumbo of just combination of things. There's just nothing else like it. And it's one of the reasons I think, because I got introduced to Steven Seagal after I had gotten into sort of Jackie Chan. Sure. And that's why I pretty much rejected him right away because it's like, this guy is never in trouble. Like he's never in peril. Like every fight scene you see Jackie Chan in, you have the thought of how is he going to get out of? Oh, this? he gets the he's shit kicked, the out, shit of kicked out of him. Yeah. He's getting, you know, he's like he is he is the underdog in almost every fight he's in. Yeah, and it makes it so much more fucking interesting. But also, I wanted to give too, 
as we're kind of rounding out overall thoughts, I mentioned how the movie is like intentionally funny a lot of times. The people outside of Jackie Chan, there are some great gags in this that, that howl, had me howling too. I mean, we were talking about how comedic Chan is, and and that is true, and we will go there for sure. But everyone, even if I have kind of mixed feelings about the characters outside of Jackie Chan, almost all of them made me laugh at some point, dude. They for all sure. had like a lot to do, and it was just like in terms of just goofiness and and joining this silly, silly world that Chan has kind of created, and. Um, you know, obviously this movie too is riffing on like Indiana Jones sort of vibes and things like James that. James Bond, but it's just, there's like globe trotting yeah. kind of spy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, and I'm sure it'll come up, but has one of the better motorcycle chases I've ever seen. It's certainly yeah. an amazing finish to the scene as well. And like just kind of typical, incredible Jackie Chan stunt work and just and just wonderment. That's kind of the word for his type of movies, I would say. And, and this definitely... I think we can nitpick about um, story sags here or there, or like you could maybe lose that or yada, yada. Uh, I should also say, I know you watched it on Canopy. I watched it on Pluto, like I said, which had commercial breaks. So I was getting interrupted a lot. And that might have made the movie seem longer than it actually is, you know? Like oh, it yeah, this really movie was a breeze for us. Okay, yeah. So I think I got kind of bogged down by like, you know, every five minutes I got 90 seconds of commercials. No, I, actually, you know, I think that it that does tend to be a fault of some Jackie Chan movies from that era is that they, they do spend a lot of time, you know, just with him kind of hanging out with people and talking. And there are points in like the police story movies where I'm like, okay, all right, come on, let's get to it. Um I think First Strike is actually very guilty of that at times, uh, even though I do mm-hmm. like that movie a lot. But anyway, this yeah, movie... Yeah, it's a very talky one. You're right. First First Strike is quite talky. Yeah. It really has, like... I mean, it it's peaks got the early. Ladder. It's got, like, the yeah. early stuff is amazing, and then, obviously, yeah, the ladder fight. The, the ladder whole... fight is top five Jackie Chan fight scene for me. And it's not even that long, but no. it's just amazing what he's doing with that ladder. No, he does some incredible stuff, but, uh, but it's definitely lower-tier Jackie from that era for me. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but anyway, to get back to, to, uh, Operation Condor, this movie did not bother me at all with that kind of stuff. Um, it, 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 I felt like it spent the perfect amount of time on the story and the, you know, the, like it doesn't do, it doesn't, it doesn't need a lot of, uh, uh, uh setup to, to get you going. And, yeah. and even when it's doing setup stuff, they're throwing in these little fights, I think, that keep your attention constantly. Whereas, like, I think, you know, if we're comparing it to First Strike, like, First Strike has these big, big sequences, but they're more spread out. Whereas this has a little bit smaller stakes sequences, but they sprinkle them throughout. And you get these, like, I think as a result, you get the really fun Jackie, like, little bits, like how he flips yes. guns and, like, uses mm-hmm. the rug and the environment to, like, move stuff around. And, you know, like, I think about, like, that first fight between him and the two buffoonish, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, terrorist guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh like that fight where he's like kicking the one guy into the light switch to like I flip the lights that. on and off the chandelier on the floor is going yeah. off and off such yeah. a great little idea and it's and it's like it it doesn't like it's not one of those things where you're just like mind blown but it it is like you know impressive to watch like the choreography of it uh even in that small stakes kind of sequence dude i c- i couldn't agree with you more about like 
this movie does have a really nice level of just Jackie Chan's athletic ability sprinkled all over it. Like you're saying, there are these kind of smaller stakes, uh, shorter fight scenes that just keep you engaged throughout the movie. And a lot of his movies have this sort of stuff where like thinking of like leading up to that fight scene with the kind of terrorist guys like you mentioned, there's just that one little shot of him jumping the fence. It's just super, super cool. And is like, you know, so he just he peppers that stuff in all over the place wherever there's a, a chance to do something visually interesting or athletic or cool. He'll take the chance and it just makes the whole viewing experience so much better to have all this stuff in it because like. I mean, I don't want to see a Jackie Chan movie where he doesn't jump a fence in like a cool way. He just right. always does that shit. But this one was one of my favorites. It was. It's that one where he kind of like sashays up and does a spin at the top and just lands clean. It's just like, God damn, this guy is so great. I know. I love when he yeah. does those little things like that. That's That to me is like, that's what sets Jackie apart from a lot of other martial arts um, action stars. You know, as opposed to just being like, so fast and and so brutal and like so like intense like he has these like moments of grace you know mm-hmm. like like yeah ballerina ish like, yeah and totally and, and it's so impressive and it's like it, it it just makes your soul feel good you're just like oh mm-hmm. man that was like pleasing to watch on like a weird yeah. visceral level well i completely agree with the grace stuff and also i think it's one of the reasons i'm drawn to this era of chan the most because i think in some ways he was really at almost like his physical peak, Mm -hmm. but it was timed out where the movies were getting enough funding and there was enough development in terms of what they could do uh, that it it meshed really well together. So he was probably a little faster when he was younger, but when I was kind of deep into my Jackie Chan phase, I think I got a DVD box set on like Amazon or whatever. It's like five Jackie Chan movies from like the 70s, really old, and I did not care for them. They were like not dubbed with his voice. They were like laughably like super, super duper Kung Fu, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really just not my cup of tea. And I just could not take him seriously. So, yes, he was probably faster then. But he, this time he is ferociously fast, but he's making kind of bigger budget movies that are kind of more in line with my taste to a degree. So that's one of the reasons it's great. And you mentioned like that gun flip with the rug. It's just like things like that is just where his speed is on display. I'm like, man, he was kind of at his peak around this time and it really fucking shows. But it's like it's speed, but it's controlled. Like mm-hmm. like I don't I don't know how to describe it, but it's just precise. It, it's so it yeah, it's so mm-hmm. much fun to watch. Um and yeah, I, I just I love all that stuff and I love the the pacing of this movie as a result of that. Um I do think this movie maybe peaks a little too early. I love the end of this movie. Don't get me wrong. And we'll get into all those action sequences <laughs> to the end of it because it, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, but <laughs> as you mentioned earlier, I want to talk about the motorcycle sequence. Let's get fucking into the it, dirt. Bike, Let's get into the motorcycle scene, you know, and those cars and man, there are about five or six stunts in that sequence alone that are some of the best I've ever seen. Dude. And amazing amazing and let's not let this go unsaid it's shot incredibly well yes and visually is just incredible even before the stunts start going off the rails like remember that shot where he's like zipping down and the cars all fan out behind him Mm -hmm. and there's like it's just like 
great fucking shot, dude. And it's like it's really well composed and really exciting. And it has all these amazing, amazing stunts within it. Do you have a one that really stood out? You, you said you got well. Least there's three. one that I have to save uh, because it's going to be a top brute contender. Okay, okay. Uh, you may um, be able to surmise which one that is, but in terms I, of the stunts, like from that sequence, mm-hmm. the the part where he has two cars coming uh, from either either side of him, and he jumps onto the the box tower behind him to escape those two. Yes. Then he climbs yes. on top of that tower and jumps up and grabs a beam to avoid two more cars smashing through that pile of boxes to to knock out his the, like from under his feet. Just an incredible stunt right there. And then he tops <laughs> it even more because he does like the you know this acrobat you know a uh, high bar flip to avoid a car coming right underneath him. And it does not look like they fake it at all. No, dude. They, I, I can almost guarantee they didn't fake it at all. That he The did. timing of that that you have to do, if you and, and if you don't, you're literally just getting smacked in the face with a fucking car. Like, mind-blowing shit. Dude, the risks in that stunt are off the charts. And he, it, it's just like a gymnast move. He's hanging there and he does like a self-propelled flip in the nick of time. And I'm just thinking like. With almost times? no momentum behind him. Yeah. He's cause he's, cause before the shot really starts, he's dangling. He's, it's not like he's got a swing going or I can't tell if there is, but it doesn't look like he's got like, like you're saying momentum. It looks like he's just hanging there and it's all upper body strength that he uses to dodge a car flying through the fucking air. It was so cool. And not not even the best stunt in the sequence. <laughs> it's unreal. Well, I'm curious what you think is the best yeah. stunt. I would say that is, but um, what's I mean, your that, thought? That might be the most death-defying, but the one that I loved most. Before that, I'll just give a quick shout-out. I really like the stuff on the bike before they get to the oh, warehouse, totally. too. It's really like, good. Like, with the bucket of paint backwards on the bike and he like throws it on the car like all that shit well you're talking about like the physical comedy like the Mm -hmm. the bit of like the two guys carrying the painting and they both go the the same direction and instead just flip it around like it's just it's just funny just good it's just funny dude it's just and then the and then they like right after that he grabs the bucket of paint like you're saying and the guy's like hey where are you going with my bucket of paint it's like so specific And see, that's like a great example of what I was saying earlier about accidental laughs. Yeah. Like that's a, that's an accidental laugh or it seems accidental. For all I know, the people behind that choice are like, no, this will be funny. Yeah. But like, so the movie has that stuff too. But yeah, that bucket of paint gag was great. My favorite stunt in that whole motorcycle chase scene was the ending jumping onto the cargo net. Yeah. And the, the, two, the two cars kind of flipping over behind him and he clings to the net well, he jumps the off water. the moving car. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I, I thought he was on the bike at that point. I thought well, he, he jumps he, off of something. I I, I can't yeah, remember no, if I he's on he, a bike or if he somehow ended up on the hood of a car. But either way, they, I think they go off the, the edge. bike and the car. And the cars follow him on the bike. That's right. And okay. he lets go of the bike, catches the cargo netting over the water, and the cars behind him go flying. And they did one of those vintage. Jackie Chan things that I hadn't seen in a while where they just show the stunt twice from mm-hmm. different angles, which I love when they, cause they never overdo it. They really only do it like once a movie. 
And it was like the perfect time to do it. And I was like, oh my God. And I kept rewinding it and rewatching that stunt. And I think if I'm not mistaken, after the cars go crashing into the water, you see one of the people swim out of the uh, out of the driver's side and like make a little fist raining thing. And then too. he looks over and gives a thumbs up. Yeah. And I think it's the stuntman symbol of like we're okay. Yeah, no, it and is. It helps me appreciate what those stunt people are going through as well. Because yeah. I'm 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 focused on Jackie Chan and what he's doing. And then I was like, Oh right, these guys just had to drive cars into the water and make sure they didn't drown. At high speed. Like <laughs> At they high I mean, speed. they jumped those cars a good 50, 60 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, dude, those cars are flying. And and you know, one could say that that thumbs up shot is like a blooper. It it is it's no. perfect because it 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 brings the reality home in, in a beautiful way where you're like, oh, let's not forget all of the work that's going into this beyond just Jackie. Like all of these stunt people are risking life well, and limb for our entertaining. I think uh, that's I think that's one of the more interesting things about Jackie Chan is the respect he has for his stunt crew and the respect he has for the audience to know that he's not going to pull them out of it by showing put, like giving them a peek behind the curtain a little bit. Like and that's why he does the bloopers at the end of every every <sighs> movie he does because it's like he wants to show you how much work went into this and like how how he's not perfect either. Like he had to do these things like four or five times sometimes just to get it right. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, we can, we can talk about this now. The, the fucking fall that he takes trying to jump onto that chain during the bloopers at the end of this one. Uh, it's kind of jumping ahead, but I just need to mention it because that is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. Dude. And it's funny when you see these Jackie Chan bloopers, um, like you said, they're in all of the movies. It's never it's it's oftentimes the ones you would not think would be the problem. Like we see some crazy, crazy shit in this movie. We've mentioned I don't even think they show in the bloopers the cargo net bit. I think that's I think it must have I pulled think it off probably clean. did one. Yeah. Yeah. But like um, and there's other kind of seemingly death defying things that happen in this movie that I would have. And that's fun when you get to know Jackie Chan, you you're thinking about the bloopers even on first watch. And you're like, oh, is that going to be? I never thought that chain grab slide down was a big deal. And then you just see how something that when you're watching a movie this spectacular, it seems almost mundane, even though it's a very dangerous and serious stunt. You just see something like that can just go off the rails. Yeah. And he looks like completely concussed, heavily. Well, you know what? He dislocated his sternum on that. I don't even know how you do that. Oh, my God. I did not know that. Do you see how they snuck the helmet on, though? Yeah. He had a helmet that was like hair. Like yeah. It looked like his hair. Well, thank yeah, God, yeah. too, for how he Absolutely. lands, too. I mean, I guess that's technically kind of a top brute uh, contender. I don't know if we can yeah. even include that, uh, given <laughs> yeah. that it's not in the context of the movie. But Yeah, it's not in the reality of the fiction, still. I guess. But, but anyway, uh, um, yeah. no, but I just I love the fact that Jackie uh, wants you to know how much work his people put into this stuff. Um, and it's not all about him. Like he, like no. so often he's like showing like, you know, the work that everyone else is doing in the movie. Yeah. And, um, and also like the credits, obviously they're somewhat selective or completely selective with what they choose to show us in these bloopers. But I can't help but feel like they're having a good time. Well, they're, and they're even, a team. They work on every movie together. You know, yeah, they're all just goofing around. And like there was one in this blooper reel 
where the, the, the kickboxer guy that he's fighting with in the hotel room like accidentally kicks him in the throat. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like the guy is really apologetic and like Jackie doesn't seem like he's like shit happens. No, he laughs it, seems, it off. Yeah, He laughs it off. He's like, you know, he's like he just seems like such a joyous force. And when things go wrong, like he 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 blows the gun catch from the rug flip. Mm-hmm. And he just starts kind of pretending to ride horse on the guy, just like joking around. It's just like he doesn't take it too seriously. And he knows that shit's going to happen. They'll get it eventually. But, you know, things are going to go wrong. And it's just it's such a beautiful uh, approach and spirit to making movies. And I just love that he seems to really take that. Yeah, it's it's I mean, there's nothing more fun than watching people do the thing that they love and have fun doing it, you know, Um I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's why I love Jackass so much. Like they just mm. seem like they seem to get so much joy out, like perverse joy out of like what they do. And I think that that's really beautiful. Like when someone can find that kind of happiness from that stuff. And actually, I think I don't think that sounds stupid. I think that's a great comparison. Like Jackass is kind of in in some ways similar to well, a Jackie Chan film. I mean, Knoxville has been uh, Johnny Knoxville has been very vocal about the fact that Buster Keaton is his biggest influence. Okay, too. cool. So they're sharing that they're they're sharing that love. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's to the point awesome. where at the end of Jackass number two, Knoxville recreated the uh, building facade falling That's around. That's right. Him, yeah, uh, which yeah. is originally a, a Buster Keaton bit, and um, yeah. is that one from one of the two you recommended? Do you know? Or I is believe that just like that's one of the Sherlock Jr. I, it's been years since I've seen it, but I, I want to say it's it's either that or it's in uh, One Week. One Week is a really great uh, shorter Buster Keaton movie as well. Um, that one, the set is fucking crazy. But anyway, uh, I digress. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, he's just... Just something to appreciate he's, about Jackie. He's just, he's just amazing, dude. And um, yeah, that cargo net catch thing is is probably going to end up being in like a top five or top 10 Jackie stunt for me all time. Like it was just so impressive, the catch. And then again, we get that thumbs up and I start thinking about the people in the car. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that's difficult too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I think that maybe like just appreciating that sequence leads us to talk about Jackie Chan as a director because sure. I, I don't think people realize how much of his own filmography he directed. So he's directed 17 projects on his uh, IMDb. It looks like a couple of them are, are uh, just videos, like not actual movies of his. But he's done Project A, Project A2, Police Story, Police Story 2, Armor of God, Armor of God 2, uh, which is the movie we're talking about now, Operation Condor, um, Legend of Drunken Master. He did that uncredited, actually. Uh, I guess oh my that, God. Must be, that must be more like he did part of the movie but not all of it i don't really know how that works but he also did who am i so like i mean he oh who am i i forgot about that that's a good one yeah so like he's a he is a prolific director and i and i think like one of the most underappreciated aspects of jackie chan is uh how he's affected action filmmaking from a directorial standpoint too like he does such a great job of letting scenes breathe you know, sitting the camera back, just letting you appreciate every little move and every every stunt. And I mean, that's true of most Hong Kong action movies. They do a really great job with that. But I think the way that Jackie edits and the way that he compiles his film is just it. it, it it's always uh, a really yeah. well done action. Dude, we talk about it oftentimes on this show when like action filmmaking 
to my tastes can go wrong. And it and it's the second you're confused. That means something has gone wrong, I think. As, a, as an audience member, if there's a fist fight going on and you have maybe a second and a half where you don't know who just got hit or what just happens, to me, not to be too much of a dick about it, but it points to a flaw in the directing. It's like you you, you did a mini fail there if, if, if you're confused watching a fight scene. Mm-hmm. And when we were in high school, it was so in vogue to have these bullshit shaky cam fight scenes where you yeah, just the never knew style, what was the Paul the Green style. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Batman Begins falls into that category too. And well, that can be yeah. forgiven because they had such limitations with the suit that I think they had to kind of shake the camera yeah, a lot. To no, make they, him, they could do it better than they did. Yeah. And they, and they do, uh, I think Nolan improved as an action filmmaker in the next two movies. Yeah. Cause dark Knight doesn't look like, you know, I'm thinking of the, Actually, now that I'm saying it, that first fight scene in the prison yard where he's certainly not in his fucking bat suit is a shaky mess. Oh, it's awful. Just like, yeah. It's just like, what is going on? But again, for whatever reason, that was just in at the time. Like Dutch angles come and go, and so does shaky cam action scenes. But Jackie Chan doesn't do any of that shit like you're saying. He just, he just lets you see everything that's happening. You're never geographically confused as to who's in the fight who is the enemy, who, you know, who's on Jackie's side. Everything is crystal clear and you're just able to just enjoy what's happening. And it's just, it's, I, I love him for that, you know? Yeah. I, and I also love that he can, he gets so playful with, uh, the settings of his movies. Um, I mean, he does it in project a too, like as well, or not project a too, as well. Um, but that movie, you know, has like pirates in it and shit. It's fucking, it's weird. Um, yeah, dude, that movie is so weird. And is then that this the one with the dynamite at the end? And the yeah, rug? yeah. 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 And this yeah, yeah. movie, like, you know, it's jumping ahead a little bit, but I, the sets towards the Are end in awesome, the Nazi, dude. in the Nazi base, none of them make any sense. <laughs> no. Like why you would have that in a Saharan desert base. <laughs> but like. They're all creative and fun. Like the one yeah. with the goddamn like platforms that are for some reason balanced like seesaws. And then like they decided to put a giant electrical grid that'll like kill you. Like It looks like anything. a toaster oven, like the side of a toaster yeah. oven underneath them. And it's mm-hmm. just like, wh- who the fuck would ever put this here? But who fucking cares? Because it makes for a, cr- a really fun action sequence set. Yeah. That that's that's why it's exactly why it's if someone's like why would uh, gold check your logic Nazis, at the door yeah be be building these seesaw grids suspended over and let and then someone in the room a wise person in the room says because it'll be cool to fight on and it'll be cool to see yeah and it's like that's the only answer we're looking for here is like give us a reason to be in this thing and they do they got enough of a reason the gold. And it's a Nazi base. All sorts of goofy shit happens in a Nazi base. It's fantastic. And it just, it leads to one of my favorite mini stunts as we're talking talking about just that, the flappy pedals, whatever we got to call them, is when one almost squashes his face. Yeah. And he has to like tuck it away. It's like, dude, that like, that made me, my body clench up. I was like, holy shit, that was close. He, he and, makes it as close of a call as he possibly can. And that's the thing that you get from watching the bloopers too, is you see how many times he's like, not good enough. And he does it again. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, like the spear throw. The spear throw was one of them. Yeah. I was the one I was gonna say, and the one that I kind of thought you were gonna say as like the the little stunt that that you're like, holy shit, is the one where he 
falls onto that like giant like tank, the cylindrical kind of tank thing. Mm-hmm. And when he rolls, he rolls with half of his feet over the edge, <sighs> almost about to fall off. And then he continues to fight like half Dude, off the edge. The and like back- you, <sighs> you see it in the bloopers that he like had one where he like ended up like a foot from the edge. And he was like, no, 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 not not good enough. We got to get all the way to the edge. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Dude. The shot they end up using in the film, like his heels are like over the, like the back of his heels, like over the end of the cylinder. It's so cool. And he proceeds to have the fight. I mean, surely there's a net or a crash pad. Of course. But but, but but still, it's still risk there. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Because he's in motion. Like he could fall awkwardly if he falls Mm -hmm. off that thing. And, and he's a good two stories off the ground at that point. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it was it would not be a, a you know low fall by any means. And it's just like the the like the precision of that is you know, we keep coming back to that, but like that the like the precision of that movement to land in exactly that spot and not not flinch, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. it's 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 so impressive. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the, the 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 flappy paddles and the craziness of this bizarre set in the Nazi base and Jackie Chan's flair as a director of just seemingly being like you know it would be fun like what if we what if you know and it's like like any ideas on the table what will we lead to a fun and engaging and interesting action scene mm-hmm. I feel like we have to talk about the wind the yes. wind sequences in this movie the final big action set piece of the movie oh dude. I have never seen anything like that. No. In my life. Really and as fun. A, as an avid Jackie Chan fan, and I've seen a lot of like YouTube videos that like do a top 10 or blah, blah, blah. I've never seen anyone mention this fight scene before. Well, I think it's because it's not like a tr- like a fight scene as you might expect it where like, you know, there's all this quick movement and like crazy, you know, flipping That's around true. and stuff. Like it, it, because it doesn't like adhere to those rules... It's it, it I, I can understand to some extent, but like, why is no one ever talk, like talking about this scene? Because yeah. it, it is so creative. It's so funny, different, unique. The way he's like using just, his fist to like, like he's like oh, kind of like uh, letting the wind take his fist into the guy to, to hit him and stuff like dude, all of that stuff is amazing. It's so funny because they did such a Texas two step on me. Where I was like, okay, okay, we get it, we get it. Sometimes it sucks and sometimes it blows. But then they start having the fight, kind of like you're saying, where Jackie, the wind is behind Jackie's back, pushing him forward. And the villain he's fighting is is like walking against this hurricane force wind to try to get to Jackie. And he goes to punch him in the face, and his fist is slowed down to like almost nothing because mm-hmm. it's going against the wind and like barely <laughs> punches Jackie in the face. So then Jackie returns with just like bopping him in the other way and obviously the wind is on his side so he punches him really hard but he's at risk of like losing his balance because he has to push backwards against the wind as well and that's where i'm like okay fuck what i just said two minutes ago i am fully back on board well it it, he does such a good job of having it ratchet up over the course of the sequence um and and as a result Jackie as the character like starts to become better at using the wind, you know, mm-hmm. in his moves and stuff. So like like he starts out just like barely being able to stand up and he like learns as the fight sequence goes on. There's a whole arc to the fight. 
And it's it's just and you know you start with and I want to talk about the women in this movie because my <laughs> God, uh, you want to talk about dead weight, yeah, uh, dude, awful. But they just keep fucking hitting buttons and it keeps getting worse for him in this tunnel. And then you get to the sequence where uh, the you know the German guy knows how to use it and is like like you know using it as like a sidekick kind of thing, like manipulating yeah. the wind. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's just like yeah. as I'm saying all this shit, I'm like what is this sequence it's yeah. fucking absurd what are the words coming out of my mouth right now wait a minute the nazi guy in the wheelchair at the control is manipulating like the wind the to wind. help jackie as a sidekick like and, what the fuck are we talking about and, and i love what you said too about how early when we started talking about this wind scene and like you're right it's not really like a, a typical action scene of his but it is still so bizarre to me that it hasn't it's not referenced more because it really is special. And what you're talking about as he's getting better with the wind and like learning it to me, the biggest fucking laugh in the entire movie is when the one of the bad guys is up against the train car. And Jackie Chan comes snaking up beside him and he's <laughs> yes. using he's using his hands as like, you know, you know, when you're a kid and you're sprinting mm -hmm. and one of your friends tells you that you'll run faster if you kind of put your hands straight out and cut through the wind. You know, he does that thing against the wind and he's just snaking and he gives the goofiest smile maybe of the movie. And then he just uses the wind to punch the guy and it is just i was howling i was like that is so fucking funny it's incredible and so great dude so it's, great yeah i mean like i said earlier i think the peak of the movie from an action standpoint is still the the dirt bike chase but um but that sequence is is so goddamn creative it, it is one of the most interesting jackie chan sequences i've ever seen it's up there with the ladder fight for just like i didn't know you could do that yep Yep. And it's like, yeah, because we have, I, I love that, dude. We have the spectacle of the dirt bike thing, and then we have the inventiveness. And this has spectacle, too, but like we have the, 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 yeah, the crazy. No, the the, in, the like, inventiveness. I mean, I love, yeah. I love that word. I mean, it, it's yeah. just like, who thinks to do that? And like, moreover, it's not just the thought to use that as an action sequence, but the way that they do it once they actually are there, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's one thing to just come up with that as a cool location. It's like, okay, if they only did like 10% of what they do in this movie, it would still be impressive and it would still yeah. be a cool choice. But it's yeah. the fact that they go the other 90% of the way. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't stop smiling and, and chuckling as I'm thinking about different things in this movie. It's just so, it's so delightful. It's such dude. a pleasant watch. Me and Eric had such a good time. And, and actually that was Eric's first Hong Kong Jackie Chan oh, cool. film. Cool. Oh, so that was like his first pre-rush hour yeah. Jackie Chan? I almost I might actually have him like record a little bit that we can slot in here just to I'd see love what he that, thought. That would be kind of fun. But um dude, he's got I'm sure you said so, but he has to see Legend of the Drunken Master. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, 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 that movie is incredible. Well yeah. now now that I know he's into it, I'm definitely mm -hmm. gonna like show him some other ones. Yeah. Because and like, you can tell him, like, in my opinion, again, this is like a B level. Like there's better than this. This is well, maybe even more. I, I would give this warming. like an A minus personally. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Project it's, it's one of my yeah. favorites. It's it's in my top five of of my Jackie list for sure. Ah, dude, it's it's just so goddamn fun. It really and, is. Um, yeah. Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to go um, accidentally funny let's, things or the ladies? I want to go to the ladies. <laughs> let's talk about the ladies. <laughs> As I said before, absolute fucking dead weight. And he Dude. just keeps accumulating them over the movie. 
so bad, dude. They are so awful. I mean, they're 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 funny. No, they're like I will say, I will say, I will say, like some of the funniest bits in the movie, and I'll get to my favorite. Um, but a lot of the funniest bits in the movie involve the women, and I will give yeah. them that credit. Um, I think it's fairly misogynist from a writing standpoint the way that he portrays these women. Uh, For sure, I, they they are disasters of human beings. Yeah, they. Uh, I will say. I don't think they're performance flaws. And I think you're kind no. of on the same page here. No. The, the, the actors doing this stuff are fine. It's just the characters are so wimpy and like... They fuck eek, everything up. Eek, a mouse! They're so like that kind of stereotypical type of girl that I'm just like, ugh. Jackie would just have like- gotten to this base like... Ten days sooner, had he not been dragging these fucking people at, like behind him, uh, it's it's infuriating. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's like a classic old Hollywood movie of like I a move of like you got to get a pretty girl in there, and it's like uh, and then it's like what type of pretty girl? It's like well, you need a German girl, a Chinese girl, and a Japanese girl, and they just like kind of stuff them all in this. Movie. Cool, here we go. Yeah, and to me, it gets to its pinnacle with the helmets. Yes, and like. That is like, I'm like, Terrible. oh man, dude, you guys should have cut this from the film. It's so cringy and so unfunny. It's, and so, I mean, ugh. like the, the construction of it is inherently misogynist because it's just like, they, like they give them this dorky ass fucking sequence of just like, you know, hitting people with helmets and like, it, it's, it, it, it's like in there as just this perfunctory, like, look, they can fight too. And it's like, Shut the fuck up! Don't e- you yeah. don't even need to do that. Like like you're just pandering, and and it's it's more insulting to do it that shittily than it is to not do it at all. Yeah, it just was. Um, it was just, and also too, it just wasn't funny. That's one no. of the biggest sins. I can forgive some misogyny from 1988 or whenever this movie was made. It's like ah, you can expect to see some of that back in the day in like an 80s kung fu action movie. But for it not to land and not be funny, it's like, well, now there's nothing redeemable about this scene. It's lame. It's unfunny. It's it's vaguely misogynistic. These women seem weak and completely incapable of anything. And we talk about on this show so much how much we both love strong female characters. And it sounds like kind of a trite daily thing to say, but it's true. Like those, those are the types of characters I'm drawn to and find interesting. And there's so many times in this movie, this movie with these women are just so hapless that I'm like, okay, this is just so silly. But at the same time, there's this charming magic of Jackie Chan where you just forgive it and you're just, and you still have a great time. It's so bizarre. I, yeah, I started to forgive it a little bit more when we got to the funniest bit in the movie for me <laughs> by a, a country mile. This scene had me howling. Like I was like crying, laughing. It's the scene where, and we'll get to the pervasive use of brown face in this movie, but my fucking God. Uh, But the hotel proprietor uh, with the M60 machine gun, giving it to the German girl. I'm going to, I'm going to actually say her name. Oh yeah, we should. We keep saying like, well, the characters are so thinly written. It's like the character's name is Elsa. The German one. Yeah. The German one. Um, but she is handed this gun and she proceeds to fire into a crowd like 
with just reckless abandon, just completely unloading this thing. And she's doing it like with her eyes closed. And the physical comedy bit that this actor, Ava Kobo, who plays Elsa, does at this point is so funny to me. And it goes on for so <laughs> long. Like she just is holding down this trigger for an entire clip of like hundreds of bullets. And it's like, it's kind of disturbing in a modern context, given like all the shootings that have happened, but it is the way she does it just killed me. I hate to tell you, Drew. I hate to tell you. You hated that, the scene. That bit didn't work for me. That's, that, it was, look, we've, I'm glad we've talked a number of times about the differences yeah. in our, our comedic tastes. Like, you know, you didn't like the, the shit in the a lunchbox uh, bit from, from Partridge, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is just, I can't believe you didn't yeah. laugh your ass off at that. But yeah, this <laughs> this one might have just been for me. And maybe I was just maybe I was too busy focused of like, oh, how is this woman so bad at this, and not thinking about the the physical comedy of the that the actor was doing. Maybe that maybe made you appreciate it more. I don't know, but I was just like, this is just not working. Okay, so she's just going to misfire this machine gun. I I thought that bit was lame. I thought uh, it was so I tell you, funny. <laughs> I tell you what really worked for me is before that. I think we're into just we're just into bits, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we could just yeah. start bits. Yeah. Um when when one of the terrorist guys is like listening in, like before the fight really starts, even before the the guys in fatigues show up. Yeah. Like the terrorist guys the, like the Fidel listening Castro in. types. Yeah, the before the Fidel guys are there. And it's just like the uh again, we got all like all the hemispheres covered in this movie. We really, we really um, do. <laughs> But the um, even the FBI at one point, even the even the Americans are early on being shady and in on this thing, too. But the guy, the terrorist guy who's like. Listening in on the on the terrorists. Yes, those and the those guys are fucking hysterical. They to were me in this really movie. funny. I, they grew so on me. Funny. So I hated them in the first scene. And then mm -hmm. like they grew on me completely by the end of the movie. And also, I think it's unfair. I keep saying terrorists. Like, they actually don't seem that bad. Like they seem like they seem like. Decent yeah, they might not just, actually be terrorists. Uh, I think they're just like. They uh, might just be like hapless uh, uh, treasure hunters. I think they're zealots. I think they're just like. The, I don't know. But yeah, maybe well, they did have the hunters. They did have the suicide pills. So yeah, like, I don't so know what like, that was about. I don't know, but they didn't seem like that bad. Like they jumped the girl in the beginning, but then they're like, we don't want to hurt you. Like, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know. They seem to have like a good streak in them, but they, but they're, I agree with you in that first scene. I was like, okay, these guys are laying it on too thick. This is pretty lame. And they just grew and grew on me. And when they, when I just swooned for them was that hand getting hit by the door and the guy falling off the ledge. Yes. It was so fucking funny to me. And then shooting with the the silenced pistol at, at him that as was, he fell. Well, that was, yeah, that was after. But when he gets, when he falls that first time, there's a great touch in the shot that I was like, that must have been fucking tough to pull off. So he gets the door slammed in his hand. He screams and falls down. And pigeons Two pigeons fly <laughs> off the stoop of the hotel. And I was like, how the hell did they get those pigeons to be still before the stunt actually took place? And like, I don't know. It was like really cool. And it wasn't like woo style, like over the top pigeons. You know, it was like uh -huh. just two of them that could you could see being there in real life. And it was a really cool touch. They also do a great scream sound effect for him mm -hmm. when he falls. That just so really, funny, really dude. made me laugh. Uh, but that, that whole... 
that whole sequence, it's like a little like Monty Python bit, like tucked into this movie. And it's really funny. Yeah, dude. And, and adding to, I mean, also, I just like the stunt when he falls into the pool, like the second time they fall down. And that's when he's like hiding behind the tree, getting yes. shot at by like the commando guy. <laughs> and uh, they just fall into the pool. That's like a three, two, three story fall into a pool. And it's like, it's, it's an impressive stunt and very funny. It is. Um, as we kind of continue, I think to check off these like, to check off these like intentional funny boxes, I really loved the tape on the gun bit. That was funny. That was really fucking funny. Where Jackie Chan takes the, the the handgun that the German girl has like taped inside of one of those like, which was a good idea. Like, great idea. Great execution idea. was poor, but and she just tapes the fuck out of it, and, ta- <laughs> and Jackie Chan pulls it out. And is just like trying not to reveal what's going on with the gun. And then the everyone else in the room slowly catches up. And you have that deadpan delivery of whoever did the voiceover for the uh, for the Chinese girl, like nailed it. She's like, why is there so much tape on the gun? Like she's not even <laughs> nervous. It's so matter of fact. And it's so it's just a great gag. Yeah. I was like, that's just fucking funny, dude. Yeah, it, it, it's a really good bit. And uh, this movie's full of just those little delightful touches like that. I don't know. I I love it. Did both cuts include the Zorb going off the cliff? Yes. Yes. All of the. Yeah. Let's talk about the the opening. Yeah. Because that was the same in both cuts. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love the opening sequence personally, like in general, but I did. uh, the, The Zorb going over the edge was pretty funny. It's like, why the fuck does he have that? Um, for those who don't know, a Zorb is a giant inflatable ball that you can climb in and roll down a hill. In. Um, Jared and I both studied abroad in New Zealand and, uh, it's a favorite pastime down there, or at least, uh, us Americans were, were told that that was, the yeah, I don't, know. I don't know how much it actually is uh, pervasive in their the culture. Ancient Maori tradition of Zorbing. <laughs> but, uh, Jackie has one of these stored in his pack for this opening sequence because he just knew he was going to have to roll down a giant fucking cliff in it. And uh, it's, I've never seen a Zorb fall from that kind of height. <laughs> yeah, dude, me neither. I just love the, again, a complete, it's like every time you ask a question, the movie just goes, who cares? But the one I had in that moment was like, why would you choose a Zorb as a getaway ball? They have spears. <laughs> People are chasing you. He flew you in on a fucking propeller driven uh, uh, <laughs> parachute. Why can't you take that off the cliff? Yeah. But you just—it's funny. The people are right behind him with with pointed spears, and yeah. they could just so easily puncture this thing. Yeah, I, I was like watching them chase this thing down, and you're just like, throw your goddamn spear. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, I liked the gag of the holy water, even though it's like a pretty funny. like cheesy gag. To me, what makes it work is Jackie Chan's face. Yeah, and like, and the whole thing of like playing with. Sometimes you don't need to understand words to communicate. Mm. And like when he's picking the gems, I think those, you know, the, the kind of mumbo jumbo that's being said is very like, no, take, take, take. But then it's when he takes the holy water, it's like everything changes <laughs> and he doesn't recognize it. And he just makes the silliest faces as he's just like, huh, something's different now. And he keeps just now. like and spitting like out dr- water and like sipping out like, of the yeah. straw. And it's just like, it's so damn funny. And it's like, it is funny. I am normally I, I I have a tendency to be so cynical with my taste in comedy to some degree. 
And like something like that, I would so normally be like, that is just so lame and like predictable. And it, it just works somehow though. Like, I don't know. It's just funny. Yeah. No, it, it definitely does. But, uh, the, that uh, started us off on a good note with the Zorb going off the cliff. Eric quite enjoyed that from my recollection. So we, we started there and uh, yeah, it uh, only got better. Well, and you mentioned too the, the the craft he flew in to get there. That was pretty fucking cool. That's cool. Yeah. I was just like, this is pretty neat. Like this kind of reminded me of that Bond movie we watched when you were when you were over here. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Nelly. Yeah, yeah, Little Nelly. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, we watched uh You Only Live Twice when I was in Atlanta and uh, I loved man, it, dude. You need to watch more of those now, dude, because you would yeah. you would love all of those. Well, I think when I was when I was what's the one with gold goldfinger? Goldfinger. Goldfinger, there it is. <laughs> when I was in high school, we watched that in like a class and mm. I just like I then thought that's what all of Sean Connery's bonds were, where these kind of like like I just remember Goldfinger and watching it again as a high schooler, so grain of salt. But I was like, this is just like not exciting. It's just lame. It's just like uh, no, I expe- and that's a great line. No, I expect you to die. But like, like it's just like ah, oh, he's just laser thing, and there's this girl, and like eh, I don't know. But then when we watched You Only Live Twice, that movie has some really great action filmmaking, and I was yeah, like, large oh. scale action. And even, but even like like car chases and like, oh yeah, class that that he fights that kind of wrestling type of guy, that really strong guy, and I was like, shit, dude, this is some really good filmmaking. So that has sparked my imagination about seeing more from that era because I'm I'm a little more sold on it now after seeing You Only Live Twice. I wanted to talk about some of the things that I would call like accidental laughs in this movie sure. <laughs> just a couple that come to mind and if you have some to chime in i'd love to hear them. Okay. Of them i don't know if i have any off the top of my head yeah. but you might you might bring some up <laughs> do you remember when they're like they're bedouin or like you know camping out in the desert mm-hmm. and those like faction z out of like there's so many factions of people in this movie but you have like the desert raiders that kind of yeah. come up out in the night the, the main menacing like leader of that group lights a torch on fire as they're getting ready to raid this this campsite. And he's just like, ha, ha, Allah! And like, you know, gives a shout or whatever and like th- throws the flaming stick and it just lands in the campfire. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed I like, that too. It's like, what is the point of all of that? <laughs> it didn't, it's not like he lit a tent on fire or like did anything like that, you know? Here's more like, wood for your fire. Yeah. It looks like it's going to get chilly tonight. <laughs> and he just like threw it in there. <laughs> so that was one. I forgot oh, that until you brought that up. That's hilarious. Um, This one is more an example of just terrible dialogue. <laughs> but <laughs> when they first arrived to the Nazi base, and they're like, Pa, but who, who is the missing person? And the guy in the wheelchair is like, we have, he's been revealed, but he hasn't <laughs> spoken yet. And he just goes, I'm the 18th guy. It is, no, he literally, I think, says, it is me. The 18th. <laughs> he says the 18th, too. He says the number. Yeah. And it's such bad writing. And it's, but it's just so, again, everything is so charming. It's all forgivable. And it just makes me smile. And I think, accidental laughs are good too. No, every line that that guy says, that German 18th guy, uh, is, is 
is really funny to me. It's like very on the nose. Like, you know, he's like, no, I will die here. This is where I belong. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> with everything is crashing around him yeah. he's like picking his fingernails and his face is like he's like i wonder if i should leave my wife like that's the level of concern that's yeah. on his face yeah. and he's about to die <laughs> and all the shit's like following down he's just so <laughs> so funny and also that character our, our relation to the character and the turn we take with him makes no sense <laughs> no like he is the ultimate villain for 90% of the time he's on screen and then his men turn on him and then all of a sudden he's teaming up with our people and like we like him now and we're supposed to be kind of sad when he gets caved in on dude he's a fucking Nazi <laughs> why am I cheering for this guy all of a sudden it is really funny it's just uh, bizarre that also just that he never considered that those fucking assholes would would turn on him like what an idiot yeah like <laughs> you're in a goddamn wheelchair what did you think was going to happen here <laughs> what did you think was going to happen here <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so funny to me um but yeah the, there is a lot in this movie that is unintentionally funny for sure but i i do think that like the intentionally funny stuff is is just like so it's great really too. It's, it's all of that. Yeah, it's like I mean, maybe it's unfair of me to rank intentionally funny higher than accidentally funny. But at the end of the day, you're laughing, and this movie just has so much of both. I'm sure there's a bunch of accidentally funny that are just not coming to mind right now. But if we watched it again, we'd find all sorts of shit that's just like comedically bad. But it's blended up with shit that is truly like very funny yeah and it's just it's just all is makes this incredible dish that's just so fun to enjoy what do you say we get into top brutes dude let's fucking do it man let's do it okay i i have a clear clear winner in this category i have two nominees and i'm torn but i'm gonna say if, so should I go for? Do you have nominees? Well, I want to. Let me just talk about just like some general ones. Um, I think generally all the stunt work is is incredible in this. Um, I want to specifically highlight all the bystanders in the dirt bike chase because there are so many close calls and people jumping out of the way at, of like crashing vehicles, um, and it is truly, truly impressive shit. One of my nominees involves one of those very people. And I wonder if it is your clear winner. So I'm wondering if I should keep it unsaid and say my other nominee. Say your other nominee. Other nominee is people who get machine gunned down by the booby trap outside of the door. <laughs> they get so brutalized. They get, they get lit up. They get shot like... Uh, with a thousand rounds and it and up until this point there has been uh you know incredible like but there hasn't been any carnage you know there's been like death defying stunts and fist fights and all this but no one's really gotten lit up yet and then all of a sudden like in the last like eighth of the movie just these two people get absolutely machine gunned in front of this gate so unexpected it was kind of almost shocking i was like holy shit i mean it's not like blood is going everywhere but they're no. getting 
lit up. And it I mean, is, it they, is a brute. I don't even think they use any squibs or anything. They just like kind of dance around it that these like, you know, sparks flying and shit. But yeah. it's still like, I mean, if they were doing a anatomically correct version of this, those bodies would be shredded. Like there are thousands of bullets <laughs> that rain shot. on these people. So many times. It's and crazy. So I think in terms of like, carnage that will be my winner so i'm gonna lean that way and i'm gonna leave the other one unsaid because i think we're thinking the same thing for the other one and i'll i'll give you the floor for the other one the other one is one that i i sent eric earlier today a series of pictures as i rewatched this movie uh, of the various stages of this happening but this is this to me strikes me as an accidental brute that happened during filming where it's during the dirt bike chase and Jackie comes into the, the warehouse with all the, the people walking around in like the blue jumpsuits and all the boxes as he's careening through there. He, he uh, comes to a stop by slide, like laying the dirt bike down and sliding on its side. And as he does that, he clips one of these janitor guys under like just undercuts his feet and the full scorpion type (laughs) bend that this guy does as he just wrecks his neck into the ground after doing an entire a full flip it is the most brutal stunt i've ever seen put to film dude it is that was my other answer the guy with the broom you mean yes yeah, because this guy, which makes me think it was intentional, because there's no other reason he would have a push broom, and it's used to catch, to the bike slides into the broom, and that's what starts his flip. So I think like oh. it was it was on purpose, which makes it even more impressive. To well, I think I mean I know that he was probably intended to be clipped by the bike, but the oh, way that, that he so. falls is, I mean. Violent. I really hope that he had a helmet on. I mean, it looks like he broke his neck and died. Dude, it's the second that happened, I wrote down that was my first top root contender. And I was like, top, oh, wow, top root guy, broom guy in the warehouse. Yeah. Because it's, and it's also right in the center of the frame. It happens so quick that someone could be totally forgiven for missing it. If you blink, you might miss it if you blink at the wrong time. But it is a staggering stunt. And who knows how much of it was intentional and how much was an accident. But it is, if I didn't know which way you were going or have an inkling, I probably would have maybe chosen that one for my top route too. Because it was the one where I was like shocked when it happened. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then the fact that like right after that is the stunt that we mentioned where he's jumping up the pile of boxes and getting, Mm -hmm. you know, almost clipped by cars. Like if, if you like, if you watch that sequence back, it's boom, boom, boom with the guy getting flipped, then 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 him doing that. And uh, it's it's breathtaking. Like all of that in sequence is just like, I can't believe that they did this. Yeah. And, you know, too, again, it keeps coming back to one of the reasons I love this era of Jackie Chan is because at this point in his career, he was very much obsessed with being the guy who was like, no stuntman, no meaning no stuntmen for me, no wires, like nothing, everything's in camera, nothing is faked, it's all real. And as he got a little bit older into areas of like accidental spy, 
certainly rush hour, Shanghai noon and stuff. He kind of loosened on that. He's getting older. He probably can't do that stuff. And those movies are great too. I'm not shitting on those, but to watch some of these stunts that we're talking about in this movie that you're mentioning the the car dodge and everything else and knowing this is at that time where there's no, there's no wires. Like he's, he's doing all of this. There's, I'm sure there's safety protocols around him. Mm, they're but minimal. This is, yeah. But they're, they're like bare bones. Like let's make sure he doesn't die today. Well, I mean, or going like, back to the, the chain jump where he, he dislocated his sternum, apparently um, that <laughs> you see the minimal fucking uh, uh, safety precautions they have which are just two crash pads that aren't even in position to grab him yeah and they they look almost like uh deck furniture pads yeah, yeah. from my grandparents house they like run them in and they set jackie on them i'm watching this i'm thinking like should he be on a stretcher what is he doing on the cushion like but but hey hey who am i to say who am i to say yeah. i they certainly know more than i do but um any other sort of um contenders anything cross your mind for top brutes just really those two yeah i mean i i said that it was going to be a big top brute section but when i actually think about it it really is just a couple of really like top brutes because outside of that it's just like run-of-the-mill people getting their ass kicked which i mean don't get me wrong some of that is is pretty brutal but like they, there's none that like stick out distinctly as being like yeah. that guy got fucked up yeah it's 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 more like just Again, the speed, the intensity, the ass kickery. Like those it's not like, you know, someone getting sucked into a uh, combine snowblower and no. having their guts spewing into the Alpen hillside. It's not like that. It's just like uh So it had a little less than I was expecting, but that's fine. We got two really solid contenders out of it. And a third one, like you mentioned, in the blooper, that I, fall. I mean <laughs> broom brutal. broom guy is going to be like <laughs> near the top of the list at the end of the year, I guarantee yeah. it. Cause that is <laughs> like, I cannot get over how brutal that looked. Anything else we want to cover before we wrap up? I don't know. I feel like we're kind of getting to the end here. No, I think we're getting to, um, yeah. Wrap up kind of bullet pointy sort of stuff. Well, I, I think I did want to, you know, just mention, uh, for those who are sensitive to this sort of thing, uh, there is quite a bit of brown face in this movie with, I, I have no idea why they felt the need to do this for every one of these characters. Like, but they're all white people like that, that have brown paint on their face uh, to be these middle Eastern characters and, and North African characters. And, um, it's, it's definitely very problematic, uh, in a modern context. So just everyone, you know, just be aware of that. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I think if you can, uh, kind of turn, turn that uh, uh, rejection impulse uh, to that kind of stuff, uh, you can you can get through it to the, the better stuff there. You know that guy I wanted to give a shout out to is um, one of the guys who attacks them in the hotel room and again is in kind of the commando fatigues, that dude mm -hmm. with the pony the ponytail guy. Mm -hmm. That guy is such, such I've, I think I've seen that guy. You mentioned how Jackie works with a lot of the same people. I'm pretty sure I've seen him in other ones. Mm -hmm. That guy is such a ferocious kicker. Yeah. Like he is intimidating with um, the way he like puts a hurtin in on film to Jackie. It's like this guy is a beast and he's like. He's got good presence too. Like just his yeah. look. And they and they know how to use his body well and his skill set well. Like when the girl tries to leave the hotel room, the German girl, he like closes the door with his foot. And again, mm -hmm. it's like all about his legs with that guy. 
Yeah, I think uh, only other thing I wanted to mention, this is the most expensive movie at the time uh, ever produced in Hong Kong. It, it cost really? 15 million to make. And I think like the money's on the screen. The sets are really great. Yeah. The, uh, they, they filmed in Spain and Morocco and mm-hmm. uh, the Philippines, I believe, for uh, some of the, the stuff at the beginning of the movie. And um, yeah, the, the globe trotting really pays off. They, they get some really totally. amazing locations. Um, the whole, like, like I said, like that dirt bike sequence, like that, that location, uh, you know, filming along the waterfront. I don't know if that was Spain or Morocco, but it was, it was uh, gorgeous. It was really well done. Yeah, dude, I am not going to be forgetting that motorcycle stunt anytime soon. And thinking too, like that hotel, the hotel looks great. Like you've all yeah, of that it's stuff. a set everything too. that's yeah. a great set. So you're, you're you're totally right. Like you can tell it doesn't look like a cheaply made movie because it wasn't. And you can see that they 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 splurged on it. And it's just fun, dude. Um there's a couple other Jackie Chan movies from around this time that I am going to be looking to get on the board in due time. They're just like they're so much fucking fun, dude. And there's a bunch I'll probably just track down on my own too. But can I tell you the um, one that I really want to get on at some? Yes, point? please do, please do, because I won't, I won't jump in front of you if I know what it is. Uh, well, no, no, I, I no, no, I don't care I who hear. puts it on. I, I yeah. just, I want it to get on at some point. But the one that I really, really want to get on is um, Dragons Forever. Okay, that's not the one I'm looking for, and I have not seen it, so I would. Love for that to get on, dude. Yeah, it's Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. And there's, I know, uh, one of the fights in it is a, is one of my favorite Jackie Chan fights. And the guy that he's fighting is uh, the landlord's husband in Kung Fu Hustle. Hell yeah, dude. That's right. I remember you mentioning that on the Kung mm-hmm. Fu Hustle episode. I have wanted to see, I've never seen that fight, and I've never seen the movie. So... Uh, I would love to, for that to get on the board someday. The one I'm circling is Wheels on Meals, just cause, and for similar reasons. Sammo Hung, like I, I have grown to really love him as a martial artist, and I want to see more team ups with him and Jackie. Um, but there's just a shit ton. I, I kind of want to go back and see the original Armor of God now that we have this one. Um, is there, if there's a Project A three, I've never seen that one. I'm I've never still seen deeply offended that you never watched the original Police Stories all the way through. Never finished it, dude. Never finished it. Crazy. Yeah, I, I'll get back to it, dude. I just um, a lot of people consider those his masterpiece. I know, but I think everyone's so hung up on the car stunt at the beginning. I no, think the, no. <laughs> there's so much else in that. I gotta, I gotta try it again. I don't know. I, I bailed on it twice now. You're crazy. I know. Well, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I love Jackie, obviously. All right. Well, I think we can wrap up on Jackie for now because I think uh, we'll we'll be getting him back in due time and and we'll we'll get a ch- another chance to cover him because we just we love him so much. Yeah, he'll be back, and he is my favorite action movie star of all time. It's not even particularly close. So no. great to get a chance to talk about him with you, man. Agreed completely. Glad you put it on the board. So with Operation Condor coming off the board, it is Jared's week to put something new on the board in its place. Jared, what is going on in place of Operation Condor at number five? So I came in prepared with a little list of nominees and then one that came up in conversation. I'll just get this out of the way. No Jackie Chan this week. That'll be in due time. It's not, we're not, it's not time yet. Um, I think the two, the three that popped to me the most, two are kind of 
I predict cheesier action movies, but they involve a movie star we haven't talked about much on this show before. Okay. And the other is one that came up in conversation. So the two action movies are Cliffhanger and Over the Top. Okay. I have never seen either. Uh, I know that Over the Top has this reputation of this ridiculous premise of this guy who gets into arm an wrestling arm wrestling competition. competition. Yeah. It's a Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh, I'm familiar. Uh, have you ever seen it? I have not, no. Okay. And then Cliffhanger, another Sly Stallone uh, kind of early 90s mountaineering action film, I guess you could say. I have never seen that. Have you seen that one? Uh, I've seen a couple of scenes on on TV, like when it would play on TNT, but no, I have not watched it all the way through. Okay. Do either of those sound sound interesting to you? Um, I mean, I'm not a big Sly Stallone guy. I, I mm-hmm. think, you know, I, I like Rocky, um, but... Uh, I've never been grabbed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you know, it's your choice, man. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm going with whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, no, I just wanted to get your input, too. Because the other one is Alien Cubed. That came up earlier. That intrigues me a little more, yeah. if I'm being I mean, honest. And the, the action-y movie, and this, this, I think, is in that category of kind of a fun, who knows? It's a bit of a dice roll. Um over the top and cliffhanger, I'm circling those. I, the time will be right. I will say it, that Alien Three is a decidedly not fun movie. Uh, yeah. It's 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 going to be very dark, but I'm down okay. for it. Yeah, I just think um, I don't know. It came up. I've really dug Prometheus. I really dug. We talked about this in the pre-chat, but I just like the world of Alien, and there are at least two Alien movies I haven't seen. If it's readily available, I think it would be kind of a fun one to go for. And um, yeah, so I think uh, I think I like the sound of Alien 3. Okay, I like it too. Um, that's going to be the one of only two Fincher movies I've never seen. So I'm excited wow. to check it off. Almost closing one out. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know until you mentioned it earlier that it was a Fincher. That was surprising to me. And well, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get to it, I guess. But um yeah, we love I'd... we love the Finchman, as uh, they say on <laughs> Doughboys. Why don't I do a quick recap of the board, and then we can throw that dart. Sounds good, dude. At number one, you can count on me. Number two, Akiru. Number three, Reflections of Evil. Number four, Rio Bravo. Number five, Alien Three. Number six, Anomalisa. Number seven, Amadeus. Number eight, Election. Number nine, Get Carter. Number ten, The Limey. Number eleven, Coraline. Number twelve, Big Night. Number thirteen, Night Moves. Number fourteen, Karate Kid. Number fifteen, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Number sixteen, Secrets and Lies. Number seventeen, Titan. Number eighteen, Snatch. Number nineteen, Strange Days. And number twenty, The Terminator. Quick thought, should we change the name in the list to Alien Cubed just so you don't have to say number 5 Alien 3? Would that be better? <laughs> I don't I didn't that didn't you, bother me. Weirdly, no, you were too smooth. Weirdly Coraline is the one that fucks me up every time. I don't know why. All right, I'm going to throw Righty aiming for the bull. Let's see what we get. The dart has spoken. What are we watching this week? Number 17. Number 17 is another Jared choice. You just got to four in a row. So that ties the record, right? Ties the record. And we are watching Titan. Oh, my God, dude. All right. The timing is great for this. Um, The person who recommended this movie, Kendrick, 
he has great movie taste. We chat about movies a lot, but I don't see him that often. I see him like once every two months. And I just saw him this past weekend. And I asked him if he would want to be on the podcast for the Tatan episode oh, nice. because he recommended it. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. So I have recent confirmation. We'll have to see if the scheduling works. Yeah. But he's game. So uh, it would be great to have Kendrick on. He's a great dude. I think you'll really like him. And uh, I know you'll like him. And it was his pick. So I, I have nothing. I know nothing about this movie other than it's French. That's it. And Kendrick recommended it. So okay. I am going in super fresh dude i'm excited i don't know what to expect the little that i know about this movie i think you're gonna have a fun time going in with no impression of what this is so this is a non-c for you also correct and it is also uh i think tied or is it the most recent movie we've watched what year did last night in soho come out was that 2021 as well because this was 21 2021 was soho yeah so this ties the record for the most recent movie that we've ever watched October 29th if we want to get precise for Soho but yeah that's cool man um always good to throw a good modern pick in there keep yeah. it fresh you know yeah for sure uh, I'm excited to check it out it's gonna be a it's gonna be a weird one so 2021's Titan currently available for streaming at time of recording on Hulu and Canopy so uh should be easy to find and i'm looking forward to the chat dude most definitely that'll be our episode next week we'll call it for tonight though on operation condor thank you so much for listening everybody please remember to rate review and give us a follow on apple podcast spotify or wherever you like to listen if you want to keep in touch or give us a recommendation drop us a line at dartboardmovienight at gmail.com follow us on instagram at dartboardmovienight artwork for the show is created by veronica roman and all of our music is by eric williams play us out eric sorry mac Later.